Hello and welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, some other platform, something Twitch, like that. Twitch, I think. We're live on Twitch. I've never seen Is it Twitch? I thought it was Twitter. Oh, it is Twitter. Good Lord, John. It's a right. something, man. What do you want from me? Hey, Linda's here. Good uh, evening, Linda. Uh, yes, this is the Five Heart Podcast brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Greg Mahochko. John Johnston right there. Hello, sir. Hi. How are you? I'm kind of fried. Oh, that's no good. I, I heard well, you uh, I- said... You said earlier, right before we went on, that uh, uh, a male stripper blew up on you and you barely got it done in time to watch basketball. That's not what I said. That's what I heard. <laughs> okay. A male server, Ed, server blew up on me. One of my customer okay. servers exploded okay. at like 5.30. And I had to fix it. Otherwise, they they, uh, you know, otherwise they don't do business, and I like to keep my customers in business because then they pay me. Uh, oh my God! And then I watched the end of the Nebraska men's basketball game against Ohio State. Do you want to talk about that now and get it out of the way? Talk about yeah, uh, the yeah, success of of the basketball programs tonight, and then we'll get into our our the the meat of 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 tonight's show. You have meat. Um. We're John. starting out. We're starting with the theme. <laughs> John. <laughs> okay. You know what? Nebraska picks up a 63-60 to 60 win over Ohio State at home. Uh, I think there was a lot of good things about this game. Number one, they finished this game out after Derek Walker had fouled out. I, I don't know how many minutes was left. My, I was still, my brain was still putting the server back together. But, you know, they finished the game out without Derek Walker. Uh, Jawan Gary is out injured. Uh, they made their free throws at the end. I mean, C.J. Wilcher missed one, but and and Casey Tominaga had his first miss of the year after Kevin Cougar went on and on and on about him being perfect. So he now we know who to blame. Shit out of him. Yep. And you know, it, they still finished the game out, and it was you know it's a nice win, and they have matched their win total from last season. So. They still have a lot of basketball to play, and I think that uh, I don't know. I you know I guess we'll just wait and see. That's what I've been saying from the beginning. But you beat the teams you're supposed to beat at home, and Ohio State and they're in a slump. So I I like beating Ohio State and things. You know you should it may, should make you feel good if you beat the Buckeyes. I feel good beating the Buckeyes, yeah. and that's what I was gonna because this look this is not the same uh, Ohio State team that had EJ Liddell, who uh, you know went to the draft last spring uh, to the NBA. But it's still Ohio State, you know. And I don't know if you know this. I mean, I know you do. But Todd Wolverton is a big fan of Gene Smith. He is, apparently. And, I mean, and, I get it. Gene Smith is, you know, Gene Smith has done wonders for Ohio State athletics. So, it, you know, he's, it's a, you know. So I'm 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 right Three there with Fred. Fred says anytime Ohio State loses is a good day. Cue yeah. um, up the ice cube. We can't because you know that we'd have to pay licensing fees. But everybody who knows what I'm talking about in your head, just a little bit of this. 
Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> what what is it about this men's team though? Uh, is it is it taking advantage of a good on the court matchup, or because like look they when they played Purdue at home, they went to overtime. Right. They go to Purdue. It's not nearly as close. Um, no. is, is but. They've also dealt with injuries, um, right. and and I, I say an inconsistent lineup. Is it is it just a, a bit of bipolar disorder, or or what? Well, I think they. Well, number one, I think that people need to understand that blowouts happen all the time. They happen to all the Big Ten teams. It doesn't matter who they are. Maybe not if you're Purdue all the way at the number, you know, in the top five in the country. But blowouts on somebody's home floor, they just game snowball. The, in the particular, uh, you know, against Purdue, they were missing Jawan Gary like he's injured and Sam Greasel was out. And those are two are uh, extremely good. Yeah, I mean, these are key players. I do think that we're starting to see we saw more of Dawson tonight, and I don't even know who that guy is. Oleg Koyunets is our seven-foot Lithuanian guy. He had some. I thought he played some good minutes at Purdue. And, you know, it'd be nice to get another guy into the lineup because uh, our serial killer, Wilhelm Breidenbach, is, Breidenbach is um, <laughs> I think he's just, he gets too frustrated on the floor. You can see him commit a foul and he gets frustrated with himself. I think he's played well, but again, he, he has to keep that mentality in there. So, uh, but we have, there's a lot of basketball to play, so. I don't know. I, can they make the I don't think they'll make the NCAA. But this is a beating Ohio State. I understand is like what they call a quad one win, or a, you know, it's a top win. So, and I think I mentioned it Monday night. Nebraska's NET rating, their schedule is the toughest in the nation. That's and tough. It is tough. And oh, I just see it on Twitter. Somebody announced Juwan Gary will be out for the rest of the year. No. He will have soldier, shoulder surgery next week, most likely, which, well, that sucks. But, you know, that's part of basketball, too. I mean, that's you, you know, that's, I think that's why we need to see more players in the lineup, get Oleg some minutes and see if he's going to contribute, uh, like I said, Dawson earlier. Uh, I think we have some good players. And, you know, the key here is this. I know there's probably people out there that look at this and say, well, it's Fred Hoiberg's fourth year. He should have everything established. Well, he doesn't. He tried something for the first three years. He tried it, He tried it, his philosophy for the first three years, and it didn't work. And now he's trying something different, and it appears to be working. Now, the key for him to have success going forward, I assume that he's going to be retained because I don't think we're going to find a better coach than Fred Hoiger. But is to get keep bring some of his players, start bringing more of his players back. I mean, Derek Walker returning this year was a big key. Uh, Casey Tominaga is fun to watch. Uh, he's key free throw shooter. I mean, you know, that guy, what's he, uh, 22 out of 23 for the year, I think, on free throws. But I'm going to take your word for that one, back, you know? And then this year he, he had Sam Greasel, the point guard he's always been missing. So, um, Sam Sam's one and done, right? I mean, I'm not one and done in the traditional NCAA basketball, yeah. like go to Kansas or Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina for one year and be done. But this was his final year of eligibility. Yes. Yeah. Yep. What? This is going to be a tough question. 
when you look around the Big Ten, most teams have at least one player who is draft bound. Nebraska Nebraska doesn't have one of those this year, do they? Well, you know, you kind of look at Walker. I, I'm not an NBA guy, but I think you look, look at Walker and just because, I don't know, he does some things for a guy that just has moves and stuff that I don't think you see out of a normal, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to say big man because he's really, in a way, not that huge. But he does some things under the basket and has some moves and some skills that uh, just, I don't know, maybe he'll make it. So I don't, I guess I look at that and think, man, I don't, I, my son watches that my rotten son watches the NBA. So I have actually watched more NBA lately than I ever have in my life. But I still, you know, not, not, I don't, it's kind of like the major league baseball thing. I don't, I don't follow that either. I am dedicated to my Huskers, Greg. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) What about your Packers? Let's not forget about your Packers. Piss off. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. I, I, that was in no way <laughs> ironic or or mean spirited. But I know you're a Packers fan. Yeah, that, you know I actually rooted for the Vikings and then lost. So maybe that maybe it's me. <laughs> maybe On it's... the other hand, you know the the Vikings have not had a year of their existence that didn't uh, they they didn't disappoint their fans. So what about which is, didn't, which didn't is they win sad. like the first or second Super Bowl? The Vikings didn't they? They won an early one. No, no. Have they never no. won? They have never won a Super Bowl. Oh, I was close. They they played in them. That's what it was. All right, let's. Uh, we we got a lot of good questions. Uh, we're going to address this one first uh, from Joel. Joel asks, "Did you guys get snow?" Me? I haven't I, looked I, outside. You mean when this month? <laughs> this winter? Be- Beetle B says three quarters of an inch of snow in Lincoln. Uh, John, you know a little bit about what three quarters of an inch looks like. Um, in southern Illinois, only rain today. I don't think we got anything. All right. Oh we're, my we're, God! There, what, what? Yeah. Wade's Wade. freaking out on us. All right. Let, let's let's here we go. All right. Wade Far from YouTube says Fred needs to go, and then in all caps. Why do we keep him? Frost went because he couldn't. Not all caps, coach. All caps. Then what is going on with Fred? Well, I think Fred's showing that he can coach. Well, I think Fred Fred Hoiberg is a good coach who was a good coach before he came to Nebraska and had a proven track record. Here, here's the thing, Wade. Here's the thing. Number one, we have this, this problem, I think, in Nebraska where we constantly compare football to basketball, which is an indication that Nobody really cares that much about basketball. I, I don't think they do. I think Nebraska fans would like a program that doesn't embarrass them. But here's the thing about Fred. First of all, you can't compare these programs because you're comparing just, it's not even apples to oranges. It's like a, a pristine apple you just bought, the picked off the tree, ripe, compared to a completely rotten orange. And that is our basketball program, okay? <laughs> We are the worst basketball program in the Power Six. It's not the Power Five, it's Power Six. You got to throw the Big East in there. So wouldn't it be realistically? It'd be Division One. Well, I'm trying to be nice, Tar. Why? Maybe. We, we, I don't know. If you're if you're trying to describe the rotten orange, 
then you gotta say we're the we're, we're the only Division One team that has never in our history won a tournament in NCAA men's basketball yeah. tournament game. Yeah. That's now, granted, cool. we've only had like three opportunities, but still. Uh, Wade comes back and says Creighton wins is in, and is in Nebraska. Uh, still, again, really nothing to do with it. Creighton does, plays in the Big East, uh, tougher conference right now, but uh, the Big Ten is a meat grinder. Here, here's why I think we should keep Fred, because I don't think we're ever going to get another coach better than Fred to come to our program. You look at Nebraska's program, and the honest-to-God truth is you're looking at a coach and saying, could you please be at least mediocre and not embarrass us? That's the kind of coach you want to hire Fred Hoiberg leaves. People, listen, you have football fans, because i got to make the comparison to football. You guys will point out every once in a while that Nebraska has fired two coaches that were 9-3, and three, and who would ever want to come to a, Who would want to come to Nebraska after we fired coaches with a 9-3 and three record? Okay, well, we fired Tim Miles, and Tim Miles didn't suck. So if you fire Tim Miles and you're the worst program in all of Division One. Who the hell do you think wants to come coach at your school after that? Fred Hoiberg does because he is like a legacy Husker guy. And I think this year his team is showing improvement. He showed the willingness to change his philosophy so that he can start winning games. And I get honestly for me, you know, when people go, if you, I think Wade said, okay, I'll just say this. If you want to critique Fred, you will say it's his fourth year. And what my answer to that is would be, uh, this is about the hundredth year of suck. I don't know how long our basketball <laughs> program has existed, but it sucked for decades, for like a century of suck, okay? We had a few brilliant years, a few nice years in there with Danny Nee, but we still didn't win an NCAA game. So if Fred Hoiberg needs four or five more years to get this thing to, okay, maybe that's a little long. But I don't see, I don't see why there, we should be in no rush with anybody, anybody with who's anxious to fire Fred and who wants to compare him to that guy we fired in the football, any football coach we fired because uh, Joel Tilson says Tim Miles were good, not great. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Tim Miles' teams were good, not great. But at this point, I mean, the, if the basketball program can be good, I think we'd all be very happy with that. Fred says that uh, he's always viewed Nebraska men's basketball as a as a nice to have. If they do well, great. If not, he'll live. And you know, yeah, I think that's see, I probably think... the mentality of of most. Yeah. Nebraska fans. All right, so I would I would before, I want us to have a I want us to have a good men's basketball program because I live around people in Minnesota. I work with people who are Penn State. I work with a Penn State guy, a Wisconsin guy. I got to work with all these freaking Penn Big Ten people. So you know, for me, it's they none of them care about baseball there is not anybody in the big 10 i've ever met that gives a single shit about baseball which i think is unfortunate because baseball i think college baseball is really fun yeah it's even funner because we have the college world series in omaha and if you go it's a blast but uh when you look at you know i think people in nebraska i just i wonder if that's a difference there that they okay move on Um, well, Vince comes in, um, 
with a hot take. I, I know a thing or two take. about hot takes. Yeah, uh, he says, maybe, maybe Trev will just get rid of basketball like he did with football at UNO. And and I'll follow that up with Wades because Wades is in the same vein. If we can't get a great coach, then get rid of basketball. And I don't know, polo, even water polo. <laughs> like, Here's look, no, you're not. Men's you're, basketball. you're not getting rid of men's basketball. Men's basketball, along with men's football, and Nebraska has the luxury of volleyball. They actually make money. Yeah. Even 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 Nebraska men's basketball still makes money. A lot of money. Oh yeah. So. You know, and I think that the Big Ten doesn't give two shits that Wisconsin doesn't have a baseball team, but they would care a lot if Nebraska didn't have a men's basketball team because it makes the conference un- just shit tons of money. <sighs> Lance with a good one. Uh, we want a good basketball court. We do. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming since we're talking basketball, b-ball means basketball. Lance, maybe a little clarification there because John also did mention baseball. Is the university, I guess – we get the clarification in the next uh, sentence. Is the university committed to men's basketball? I think they do. Well, I mean, I think the they're committed. With that. Here's the thing with that. I For years, i got to be careful how I phrase this. <sighs> I don't, I don't want to stick my foot down somebody else's throat. What I Thank you, Lance, for the clarification. Is, is there were a lot of people that for a very long time felt like Nebraska men's basketball. There was no commitment to men's basketball, but it was their name only. Uh, one of the indications were half shows that they'd used to, now that they have PBA, this is pre-PBA of what I'm talking about. Now that they have PBA, I think that they have a lot of stuff to bring people into the, the stadium, court, whatever, arena. But I think previous to that, there probably was kind of like, yeah, we want a good basketball program, but the athletic department probably didn't have the same thrust. <laughs> oh God! Are you are, are you are you laughing at your uh, own, own use of the word thrust, or are you excited about what Fred said? What did Fred say? <laughs> Fred said, "Don't no, sugarcoat I'm, it, John. <laughs> Tell oh, us how you okay. really feel. Quit being you so know, guarded." <laughs> I think that there was a lot of indications previous, maybe to PBA that people just a lot of the basketball success stuff we want to have a program that's good was uh my god i'm missing the phrase lip service they just said it and they didn't really mean it and wasn't really there and then after certain people have left the athletic department i'm not talking about ad's necessarily uh that we now are trying to do a lot better in basketball and i think when hoiberg was hired everybody got that everybody got that uh, I think we were bringing in a good coach that was going to bring in a lot of good players. And, uh, you know, the first three years, what he tried didn't work. And I think I think that you look at that, you can go back and look at coaches previous to him. You know, Tim Miles really struggled to get his program together and try to get things going in the right direction. I just think Nebraska basketball is a really – it's not, you know, we have this attitude. I don't get, one of the things I don't get, too, is this. 
we have this attitude about Nebraska football that we're special and we're unique and there's no place like Nebraska. But for some fucking reason, when it comes to men's basketball, we just think we can go hire a coach. He's going to come in here and be a good coach. That there isn't some puzzle that they have to break open here. That there's some encryption that nobody's ever decrypted. That it that some new guy's just going to figure out. And it's just, it, that isn't how it works. Just because of that whole, I mean, if we got the whole NCAA tournament thing off our back, then maybe things would be different. But they're not. And until we solve that, decrypt that freaking mystical loss thing, then things are going to just be tough for Nebraska basketball. Man, I didn't mean to turn this into a basketball thing, but I would yes, just like did. I would I would like no I, I guess I look at men's basketball. I didn't I tried to play basketball in high school and I was terrible. I mean I don't I'm not coordinated at all. But for us to have even a decent men's basketball program, I think would be fun. And and I'll be brutally honest. One of the reasons why is because I cover coordination. I've been doing this 16 years. August will be the 17th year. It, Has it it's been just that long? Fun to, yeah, it's fun. To coordination cover can drive. Yeah. Oh my God, I never coordination. Thought of it that way. Coordination is almost as old as Rotten Sun. Sam Greasel tweets: Big thank you to all the Husker Nation that showed out tonight, even with the weather. We appreciate you. All of you get home safe. See, that's that's what's neat about Twitter is you get that personal touch in there. Twitter's a cult. Uh, Fred says, uh, it's in the song, John. It's in the song, There Is No Place Like Nebraska. So, Well, there's certainly no place like Nebraska when it comes to basketball. Men's uh, basketball. All right. <clears throat> uh, Linda asked if you were talking about uh, PBA or PBR. When Because you were talking about PBA. Uh, it, well, you know, Pinnacle Bank Arena, Paps Blue Ribbon. A PBA. We got, we, PBA Arena. Right, of course. We all know. Uh, Brian has two. Uh, we'll, we'll sandwich it, another one in there. Brian says, I'm happy with Husker basketball. If they're competitive and play hard, they fill the house for home games. Doubt they fill Pinnacle for water polo. I saw water polo being mentioned in the. Uh, um, yeah, I played water polo at the university. Did you now? Yes, I did. I honestly Brian got comes in. I played. I played. Uh, it was intramural, or it was yeah, it was intramural. But we played water polo. I'll tell you what. You have to oh uh, have great core work to. Uh, um, all right. Uh, Brian also says he doesn't believe that we'll lift the NCAA curse until Lil Red is sacrificed at midcourt at Pinnacle. Um, and Matt's, Matt Hansen says, deflate Lil Red and hire Solich for a halftime show during basketball games and take care of both curses. <laughs> why Why do people hate Lil Red? I just want to, uh, there's 31 people on here. You got you, Greg. Why? Why do people hate Lil Red? Do I hate Lil Red? Why do people, why do let, people let me, hate Lil Red? In the comments, why do this? people hate Lil Red? What the hell is the deal with you? All right. I want to I want to poke the bear a little bit. Never supposed to poke the bear. I'm gonna poke the bear. Why do we need two mascots? Like, look at all now the let, great uh, professional. Auburn, uh, uh, good God, I am tired. Auburn is the Tigers, and they have an eagle, and they scream "War Eagle." Alabama they, they is the Crimson Tide, and they have an elephant. 
Do I need to keep going? The Texas We're the Huskers, so we have Herbie. Yeah, and Loretta. It, here, here's the thing. Our, our, as a, as a, a fan base, we say GBR, go Big Red. I feel like saying go Little Red is 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 offering less. You know, Little Red is less than. You know, when you have a Husker, when when you have a mascot, and you want to add a second one, it's either going to be greater than or less than. Lil Red is less than Herbie Husker. Um, all the great, all the great teams only have You're one. You're trying to make this shit up in your head, aren't you? I'm, I'm not. All the great teams have one mascot. From uh, Mr. Met, uh, I, I, being a, a St. Louis area native, I'm, I'm a little partial to Fredbird. Um, but you know, you have uh, the, the. The fanatic we saw. I mean, you have so many iconic mascots, and they don't have a little buddy. They don't have a little inflatable. Let's get this uh, uh, cheerleader or, or, or whatever, an, an extra scally, and get them a little. It, it, it's unnecessary. It is unnecessary. It needs. We just said. We just said, Greg. There is no place like Nebraska, which means we're unique, and that we have two mascots: a big red and a little red. But we don't have a big red. Well, we, that's what people are saying. We're big red, but not little red. Mm, I don't, I don't we know can that. have two mascots. We have eight mascots if we wanted to. All right, Patrick. I advocate. Uh, I advocate that we actually, the University of Nebraska, get their genetics people involved and recreate mastodons so that we can have a live mastod, live mastodon. For a mascot. And we'd have three. Patrick Earhart says we stole Go Big Red from Oklahoma. Don't don't bother us with useless trivia, Patrick. Um, starting to th- think that this is John's real bedroom as his wife kicked him out from emoting too much at night when he was talking to her and it was distracting. John, are, um, do, you, do you do too much uh, bedroom emoting? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't <laughs> What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Last night, I do have wars. In, I do fight wars in my sleep because last night I woke up and all my blankets were just shredded all over the place. Literally just, I, I don't know what I was doing. So, yeah, I, I do something, which is all why right, I have uh, my own bedroom. This is my own bedroom, Patrick. I, I do sleep here. This is my own small room that I have for myself. Um, all right, so we're going to uh, jump back to a few. I earlier when when you were on a rant, um, I cracked open this delicious beer, and uh, Linda noticed. I was appreciating the bouquet of the beverage. This is uh, from Pig Minds Brewing Company, and it is called the Bitch Slap, or because it's only. It only says slap across it. My son calls it my slap beer. Uh, I got this at Total Wine, where I built my own six-pack. I really had no idea what to expect from this. It's 5.8 ABV. Uh, It is an American red ale with natural vanilla. And uh, Pig Minds Brewing is from McChesney Park, Illinois. Don't know where that is. I'm guessing it's up north. This is a 
very nice beer. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. So, if if you like, That's if good. you're partial to the vanilla flavor, I think you'll really enjoy Bitch Slap from Pig Minds Brewing. Can we go back to the beginning? No, not yet. Well, because oh, Fr- okay. Fred said that I looked more confused about my beer than uh, our former HC at the concept of sound coaching and personal responsibility, and I felt that that needed to be addressed as well. It's a good beer. Okay, now where do you want to go? You said back to the beginning? Well, uh, Linda right at the beginning. Uh, Monday night, Linda, who's a regular, uh, brought up that uh, Lindy, uh, come on, uh, Whitney Lowenstein was leaving the volleyball program, and she did announce that she would be uh, leaving the ball, volleyball program, apparently, because to take time for herself to uh, apparently get past the, the dealing with the death of her father. Her father died, I think, two years ago. Hmm. I don't remember. You know, that's part of the being fried from working on a server just before the show. But, you know, I, I guess the, the only thing I'll say about that, I saw somebody on Twitter say, well, why now? And I can tell you this from my own personal life. There is a distinct difference between the moment that somebody dies this close to you and the moment that you realize that they're gone. And it, it is a very distinct difference. And if, you know, with all of the stuff that's required for her to be a part of the Nebraska volleyball team and all the work that athletes have to put in to do that, I'm sure that she didn't have much time to actually think about her own life. So, you know, I hope that she does take that time and I hope that she, you know, sorts through it and figures it out. And by the way, that whole, you know, realize the person that you love so much is gone thing, that's not something you can force. I think that's something that you just, it it occurs and it hits you like a brick in the forehead. Think think about this too. Um, You know, uh, I've lost loved ones uh, as well. Uh, Not someone that close. Like I, you know, as far as I know, both my parents are still probably still awake, honestly. But uh, um, we just had the holidays, right? And the holiday season can be very trying on people who are dealing with grief. So, you know what? She hasn't announced that she's going to Texas. So, you know, we'll we'll take a minute. She's, She's stepping away. She's not I mean, I guess, yes, she's leaving the program, but she's also leaving the sport. And that's got to be tough on her as well. So, uh, let's, you know, Fred uh, says it hits you later. You know, he's echoing your sentiments. Uh, his parents lost, uh, he lost his parents three years ago. Uh, you know, sorry, certainly for your uh, loss, Fred. Uh, settling in more now than in the moment. And I think that right. that's part, and uh, again, I, I'm not experiencing what, what Fred has experienced, but there's so much going on at that time you know there's uh, you know funeral arrangements and and there's just the the mess and in in my line of work i i i deal with grief all the time you know and but i uh i get to be the guy bringing the the insurance checks you know um but everybody's timeline is different for this stuff so you know we we wish her well did you actually have topics Yes, John. I did. But before we do, we have one more pinned message. Okay. Um, and Matt was asking while we were talking about uh, uh, abandoning the men's basketball program, Matt asked, is Nebraska getting a hockey team? 
<laughs> I know we've talked about this in the past, but it's never going to stop me from bringing it up. Uh, look, in a world of Title IX, where you get men's hockey, you can easily add women's hockey and and keep the, the scales balanced, right? Uh, no. Because there's no grassroots base. Nebraska's not a hotbed for hockey. You know, it's just not. Um, I'm sure there are some club teams around uh, Omaha, maybe on the uh, uh, eastern side of the uh, of the river into Iowa. Kansas City maybe has has some youth programs. I know St. Louis is building up its youth program. But you talk about a 500-mile radius that's not already been picked clean by Minnesota or Wisconsin or the Dakotas. I just don't see it. I don't see it, and it's a shame. I I support. I continue to follow and support the uh, Nebraska Cornhusker Club hockey team, um, and I encourage everybody to do uh, the same. But I I just don't see I don't see Nebraska adding you know varsity level hockey anytime soon. John, any any additional thoughts? Yes. No. Okay. Well, let's move on, shall we? Uh-huh. In in your Monday night show, John and Todd's Monday Night Therapy, uh, the name Walter Rouse got brought up. Yes. The offensive lineman uh, from Stanford who this time last week was, maybe it was Thursday, was saying he's coming to Nebraska. We talked about it, Todd and I. We said glowing things. I can't tell you... How many times I put this little goodie up here? Get your pipeline jerky. Get it. This is the uh, honey barbecue pork jerky. I finished off the peppercorn beef jerky today. Get that. It's an NIL collaborative. Helps Nebraska goes directly to supporting offensive linemen. And I said, oh, probably gonna need to buy a lot of that uh, to to uh, pay for Walter Rouse used a picture of him at Stanford as the featured photo for the Five Heart Podcast last week on the article. And that day, he says, 100% committed to Oklahoma. Yep. And you were uh, melancholy, dare I say. You said, well, you know, it. Uh, uh, it's a big loss. It, it, it's a big loss. And Todd said... You can't lose what you never had. He did. He did. Twice. I listened. I know. So it got me thinking, and, and this was Monday night. It was the same night that uh, you know Micah Parsons was having a ball-out playoff game for the Dallas Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, uh, in the NFL playoffs. And I got thinking, well, there's somebody that we really went after and didn't get. Micah Parsons, and yeah. how could yeah. how could that defense have looked better with him on it? You know, for his college playing days, and 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 I I, I bemoaned as such uh, in the Slack chat room. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. No, he was not a fan of the bitch slap beer. Um, <laughs> but uh, I bemoaned that you know, like, and and someone made the. the do you remember Mike Riley having the Friday Night Lights little mini camp uh, show out yeah. type of events? Yeah. Mike Parsons yeah. was there, and I can't remember exactly yeah. who. If it was Aaron, uh, if it was 
uh, Brian or, or whomever from Coronation was there watching, he said he wasn't just the best linebacker. He was the best receiver that night. He was the best in, in a defensive back capability. He was the best athlete there, and Nebraska couldn't get him. And he ended up going to Penn State. We know his story now. I think Nebraska only saw him, you know, fortunately once in his college career. And then he went on, and he's one of the elite defensive players in the NFL. But again, it got me thinking. Big big swings and misses that Nebraska has had in, in recruiting. And and I got to think it, the the name that comes up a lot because he played in the Super Bowl last year. He's in the playoffs now. Is Joe Burrow, and he went he went to he was Scott. Well, I'm not supposed to say his name. Previous head coach said we have a quarterback. Not interested. He went to LSU. Joe Burrow did played for Coach O. Uh, won a national championship. Smoked a cigar in the locker room. Got drafted. You know, is an AFC champion. And and the other one would be Max Dugan Duggan from uh, uh, Western Iowa there, Council Tucky, who went to TCU play in the national championship game. Uh, perhaps was robbed of a Heisman. That's a story for and an argument for another show. But again, wasn't didn't didn't land at Nebraska. And I got to thinking, quarterbacks are in. You know, you could say, oh. Been, would have been great to have Joe Burrow, but as we have lamented now for a couple of years, we didn't have any protection for a Joe Burrow, you know. And a Micah Parsons, I think, on the defensive side, and this is where I'd really like some engagement from you, John, as I've been talking alone for five minutes now. Um, on the defensive, I, I think there's not to say that the guy next to you is not important, but you're less reliant on inside linebacker if you're an outside linebacker rather than being a quarterback and having to rely on everybody doing their jobs and doing it well. <laughs> you're waiting for something from me, weren't you? Who did uh, was, who did who would Micah Parsons have played under Nebraska? Which coach? It would have started with uh, Riley, would it not? Right. Right. And then it would have ended up with uh, ended with, and I think what we saw, what we saw from all of those coaches that that are defensive coordinators were universally shit. They really were. I mean, they just bluntly, Eric. I think we what we really learned when Eric Janander was fired that was that he was fucking terrible. I mean, literally in what two games, a week and a half to two weeks. Uh, Bill, uh, come on, Bill Bush had the defense at least playing defense, and our defense really under Eric Chenander just worried about long balls going over their head, and they really didn't play very good defense. So, I think people recognize that Joe Burrow would have been wasted at Nebraska, not necessarily wasted, but he wouldn't have had Jamar Chase to throw the ball to, and he who was it? Justin Jefferson was his other receiver. I mean, he had some good people around Correct. him that made him who he was, too. But we don't recognize that on the defense. I mean, Micah Parsons, I mean, I remember that, him going, and I thought, damn, that was one guy we really wanted to get. But, I mean, that's par for the course. If I mean, We we could go through this missing people stuff, Greg, and just cause ourselves pain for hours. No, I, I think I it's... Im- I, think it, I think it's the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. The defense wouldn't have been there. And the problem with defense, especially under... Who was it? Bob Diaco, that son of a bitch? 
It, at one right? point it was, yes. Not the entire yeah. time. It, yeah. But the the problem on defense is that when people don't play their positions or when people can't make plays, is you as a defender start trying to make up for those and then you get sucked out of position and you get sucked into being, uh, you know, watching the backfield during a play action or things like that. And it just, you know, it just, it, it ends up being the same problem, you know. I love this uh, comment by Roger on YouTube. Joe Burrow didn't like Runza's. And and you know, look, I, there's prop. Go ahead. I, I saw something interesting about Burrow. I mean, I like watching him. He is fun to watch. Uh, I think if Cincinnati wins one more playoff game, Joe Burrow will have five playoffs wins. Right? That's five that more than I've many, got, John. That is as many as Cincinnati has had. They, Somebody tweeted that. I don't know if that's he, true, but I know Cincinnati's been really bad at football for a very long that, time. That would that would definitely have to be a you know like maybe within the last twenty years type of thing because I think we all know my Steelers ran the North for a long time. Oh. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't like My runs. Steelers. If that's yeah, you know, I, I hey claim them in, in good years and in bad. They didn't make the playoffs this year, so you know, I I still uh, I still say my. Um, and every everybody in the comments is saying kind of the same thing. Uh, Colin says he would have never developed uh, if he came to Nebraska. Speaking of Burrow, uh, I I for first of all, I agree. Uh, because that's where all of our lacking came from. I mean, you get uh, quality guys, but it seems like very early on they plateau. And so the hope is, you know, with the, the new coaching staff, the new regime, if you will, that uh, there will actually be some development. Um, Linda asks, uh, she's coming and swinging. Speaking of the past, what happened to our former temporary coach? Did he go to court? I have no idea. No John, have idea. you followed that at all? Not have heard anything out of it. Somebody mentioned, uh, let's see, Fred Sacco brings up uh, Riley quarterback Tristan Old Man River. Is it Jebbia or Gebbia? Tristan it doesn't Gebbia. matter. Went to Ohio State. He did transfer there as a, I think, a grad transfer. How many years does that dude have? Geez. Uh, he was at Nebraska. He went to Oregon State. Oregon State. It was. And then he's going to Ohio State. My understanding about Tristan Gebbia, Gebbia is that he wants to get into coaching. So he is not necessarily going to Ohio State to, to try to win a starting position. He is going to Ohio State to try to become uh, part of their grad assistant program. And I think that, you know, that that is actually, that's a guy that has a plan. You know, so... I don't think that's really about getting a lot of playing time with all the quarterbacks they have there. It's it's saying it's uh, setting yourself up for a good future. You know, we always talk about the uh, the coaching tree, right? The coaching tree, the coaching tree that uh, Matt Rule's predecessor sat under and and, and lived under for all those years. Uh, Tristan Gebbia's coaching tree involves Mike Riley, so I think at best he's looking to be about five hundred. Wow! Shots fired. I don't care. Um, Rod, whoop, um, there you go. Roger has an update on 
uh, the oh, Mickey okay. Joseph situation. There's a, a, apparently a court date for later this month. Um, and Linda says, uh, I, I believe in regards to coaching, that is where the big money's at. That's certainly been our experience. Seems we've to, paid. Yeah, it seems to. <laughs> we've paid a lot of failed coaches a lot of money. So maybe if Tristan Gebbia is uh, lucky enough, he'll be able to be uh, on a Nebraska coaching staff and, and uh, fail and, and walk away with a eight-figure payday. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine? I know we've talked about this in the past, but gosh darn it, just chaps my ass. Being so bad at your job that you're paid $15 million to go away. Yeah. It's pretty, you know what? It, uh, I, you know, when you bring this up, I, maybe I should have just left that server not running tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think they would do that. John, you didn't the server. Here's 10 grand. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's not how it works. I, I, yeah, no. I, we, we got into the wrong industry, John. I think we've learned that. We've discussed that enough. Um, Fred, all right, so this is a season one South Park reference that I'm surprised I recall. Fred says, I've only he's, seen Rule at using, the Podium. I didn't fall for this like Monday night. <laughs> is it What's true that he has... a pig thing? What was that thing called? Patrick Duffy as a leg. I am... <laughs> I am. Try- I can't remember. Uh, I can't. All I know is uh, uh, Uncle Jim and Ned- Jimbo and and Ned is. Uh, it's coming right for us. And then you say that you shout. Then you can shoot at anything in the wild, allegedly. So, um, I like uh, Rogers' comment here. As far as the coaching tree at Iowa is a bonsai tree. Um, very, very uh, decorative. Needs a lot of care. Probably some diapers at this point. Shallow roots. Very shallow. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not picking up things very well. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, so I, I had a really nice write-up that I can't read right now because it's on a different tab that I don't have open. But whenever I talk about near misses... I always go back. I'll go look at it. No, no, it's fine. No, this is going back to uh, the the ones they got away, right? The losses. Yeah. I always go back, and don't laugh at me, because you got to go back over a decade. Bubba Starling. Yep. And and how he leveraged Nebraska to get a I guess a higher signing bonus or something like that from from the Royals or, or whatever it was um, and I just don't necessarily think it's worked out terribly well for him yeah but he, you know what he got a signing bonus and he got his you know what I mean so even if he didn't have a long career I mean they still you still get a fair amount of money for doing that kind of stuff and it gets you a boost on uh, I don't know, early retirement. He he got... So, all right, let's go... I, I don't want to dwell. I know it sounds like I'm dwelling. I, you are dwelling. Um, you are. I am. You're, you're dwelling. I feel bad, kind of. Um, he, he was going to play... You he, do uh, not. Uh, what? I don't feel bad. No, I don't. Uh, I, I'm, I'm holding on 
I, th- this is going to be one I take with me to the grave, this grudge. Uh, he, he was one of the top QB prospects in the nation, uh, and he was going to play, allegedly, both football and baseball at Nebraska. Uh, he was also uh, uh, the on the All-State basketball team at Kansas, which is, I guess, saying something. I'm, I don't know. Uh, drafted the fifth overall pick in the 2011 draft. Spent most of his time... I mean, he, he played in Nebraska. I guess he could say didn't play for the university, but he played for the Omaha Storm Chasers. And finally, in 2019, got the call up. That's right. And he played in 56 games. And he started in 2020 with the Royals as well. And then he went back, uh, by the end of 2020, was back in the minors and announced his retirement in 2021. Was it worth it, Bubba? You could have been you could have been one of the greats. You could have been a contender. You could help turn things around at Nebraska, but no, you had to get greedy, you had to chase money. I mean And that's what if happened. You're gonna go, if you're gonna do this, you gotta bring up Harrison Beck. I don't want to. Okay, we could <laughs> I, I have another thing that I want I was gonna bring up. And I I don't I don't know if anybody saw about the anything about this. Should I go ahead with it? Uh, yes. Always go ahead with everything, John. I I don't have Rashawn. Oh, shit. I should. I I kept the R. I didn't get the guy's name down. Okay. Anyway, Florida right now is missing a four-star quarterback because apparently, apparently a $13 million nil deal fell through, according to his family. Now, I I look at that and I want to just say, this sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me because I, I don't know what backup quarterbacks get. And I, I think you could go across the NFL and I'm sure they make really good money, but a $13 million nil deal for an untested freshman, a recruit that's never stepped foot on a college football field. Either you'd have to be a complete idiot. I don't, I guess I, I, I want to just say that this sounds like agent talking. And these guys don't have agents. This is their family, so their family's acting as agents. I guess I, yeah, all these nail deals are private. Nobody knows how much they really are. Uh, it'd be it'd be nice if somebody could hack their way into things and get some. But thirteen million dollars nail deal fell through. Yeah, probably because it was way too much money and didn't exist in the first place. Talking about things you can't lose if you don't have in the first place, but. Does this not sound like just complete bullshit to everybody else? This is the first I'm hearing about it, and I agree. Um, it, when you've got an asking price that high for an untested, unproven commodity, and I think when money starts changing hands like this, uh, this is going to sound insensitive, probably, Uh but the, then I think you have to you, you're allowed to use words like commodity uh, because you're you're paying for goods and or services and in this case the university or supporters boosters of that university are paying for the service which is you excelling uh, at a game a game that that I love you know we're not even talking about practice anyway um, 
Florida Aye. Florida quarterback recruit Jaden Rashada requested a release from his national letter of intent Tuesday night after a $13 million name, image, and likeness deal fell through. A person familiar with the situation said, you know, I didn't. So, you know, it's not anybody from the Nil Collective in Florida, whatever they're doing there. It's not anybody from Florida's staff, which keep in mind, this isn't through the school, so you probably wouldn't hear from the staff, but it just... It just sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like, uh, what do they call that? You, you manifest something by talking it into existence? You Yeah, you, you <laughs> will, it, will it into existence. And, yeah. and here's the thing. Whether or not he gets released from his uh, signing day, you know, contract or, or whatever, not contract, but his, you know, whatever phrase you used, you think anybody else is going to want to put up with that? You think... Like yeah, even at Nebraska, just, the no, there's no NIL collective at Nebraska. To be like, thirteen million. Here you go. It, there's there, NIL's too young for that type of, uh, I think, dollar figure, dollar amount to be thrown around. God, Linda, Linda. It, I think Linda likes my beer. <laughs> Sounds like the kid needs a good bitch slap. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> And this vanilla bitch lap is delicious. Thanks, James Linda. Marshall says nil has to be name image like. Excuse me, name image likeness has to be more well regulated. Well, yeah, it does, but there's who's going to regulate that? Nobody, nobody is going to. That's the thing about it. Unless Congress gets involved, and um, I don't think anybody wants that because they fuck up everything they touch. Uh, I I think that it's going to be, I think it's just, I mean, we always talk about the free market and capitalism and stuff like that in America. And I think that sooner or later, this is going to become something where uh, people who are contributing to nils and nil collectives will, you know, they'll settle themselves out and they'll have maybe not colluded quarterback prices, but they'll have more of an idea of what actually people are paying. I think uh, Joel hits the ball out of the ballpark saying nil is a disaster waiting to happen. I don't disagree. I think I think it's a ticking time bomb, and that's why it needs some form of, of regulation. But again, in a in a free market, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Nil comes back, and, or James comes. Go back to that. Uh, huh. Huh, sorry. There you go. You can tell I'm driving this one, folks. Yeah. Are, we, are you going to read what Marshall, he said? James Marshall says <laughs> conferences can get together. That's true, but I, I, they won't. I mean, if you look no. at the SEC, they're going to be way more. They don't. They're not. They're always going to be crazier than everybody else. I mean, and part of they, the part when you get into throat. a fight with somebody, when you get into a fight with another person, one of the ways that you win that fight is by just demonstrating to them that you are way more insane than they are, and they have they are no match for you, no matter what the size difference between you is. So, and 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 I agree. I don't see the conferences coming together because no. there's still so much competition, you know. And if it, this is. It, and even if there was some type of regulation, the SEC has had bagmen for seventy years, so they're just still they're they're going to circumvent the rules as they have all you know for forever. And Roger brings up a good point. 
You can't regulate the option. I was wondering today. Oh I was wondering today. I probably shouldn't say this out loud either, but, uh, you know, when I'm burned out, I, I tend to, my mouth runs just like the vodka I, I used to have. Anyway, uh, I was thinking, I, I missed those days. I was thinking that if I, you know, loaded up a tour client on one of my machines, one of my four laptops sitting in front of me and went, start searching on the dark web. If I could find some evidence of hacked, you know, nil contracts that people have hacked in and stolen. Can I can I ask a question? I think, feel like this is an important question that uh, myself and other n- non-tech savvy people want to know. Yeah. Is the dark web real? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, like I keep hearing about it, but I've never like I don't like how it, where do where do you go? Where's the little door? Like what what URL do I type in? Is it? Darkweb.com. Well, we're not going to go into. We're not going to go into that part. But yes, inquiring minds want to know, John. Well, there are just places out there that you can go on the internet that's restricted to things. It's, let's just say that uh, you can buy you can buy viruses, and I'm not talking COVID. You can buy virus packages that then you can <laughs> develop, customize into your own. And pay people to knock down sites. You can pay people to take over uh, sites. You can take pay people to attack whatever organizations. Pay a daily rate. Pay whatever you want. Wow. Uh, you know all this stuff. Everything that you ever thought of that was horrible in the world, you could probably pay for on the internet. That's just the reality of it. I really hope that I keep my nose clean and I don't piss off anybody. I mean, I. It just sounds horrible. Yeah. All right. If you're this a dark a web user, different, this is a whole different topic that we just should move away, segue into something else. But I feel like Richard says it's onion time. Does that mean all the layers of the dark web? <laughs> Probably. Okay. And if, Joel hey, says if, you can. I'll tell you what, if anybody wants to learn more about <laughs> this, a very good book, a very, very, very good book that will uh, that will inform you a lot about what law enforcement has to go through and about dealing with hacking and cracking stuff like that if you want to read the book crack 99 it is excellent at explaining a lot of this stuff uh wade wants to know how much it costs john like how much would you charge to destroy a a website i i i'm not the guy that does this First okay. of all, there's laws in this. There are laws in this country that are very strict and nasty laws that you do not do that in this country. You know, because we okay. believe in free market capitalism. We have a lot of money, and you know, when you go to other countries, I have to explain this part to my customers a lot. You have to, when you go to other co- countries, you realize that when they hack into stuff and they drain your bank account, account to them, it's it's really not theft. They're just contributing to their economy. Like I said, this is a whole thing that we should just go. Uh, maybe Let's questions move away. about uh, yeah, questions about other things. Well, Linda had a great question that. I'm not entirely sure how to interpret it, it on the surface seems easy enough. Here's the question. Who's the craziest athlete, you know, now I'm guessing that that's no personally and have had a conversation with, but John, is that, is that your interpretation? Well, no, I, I, you know, I brought up Harrison Beck earlier. 
Okay. But he's a, he's a little out there. I don't know if you've anybody. You remember when Tweedy Ryan Tweedy who did the uh, the podcast? I do. Come on, the big yes, the, the big red podcast. That he got the autographed can of spaghettios. Yep, from I remember Harrison Beck. I missed that show. By the way, um, look, you can still find old episodes on the the podcast service of your choosing. I highly recommend going back and listening to some of those interviews. They, they've they got great interviews with some Husker legends. Grant Wistrom was a, a fixture on there several times. Um, uh, 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 Charlie McBride was on the show a number of times. Uh, go back and look. You may not always want to go back and listen to like the episodes after a game, but you find some of those off-season uh, episodes where – you get some of these interviews. They're really good interviews. Uh, Ron, you know, Tweedy's great. Pat's great. Uh, we miss those guys tremendously and hope they know if they're listening. They always have an open invitation to come join us on the Five Heart anytime. I haven't spoke with those guys in a while, so yeah. um, hope they're doing well. Hey, you know, speaking of crazy, in 10 days I jump in a frozen lake. Well, let's talk about that because not only are you jumping in a frozen lake, but you're doing it for a good cause, John. And uh, where can people... Uh, you know what? It, let's talk. About, what are you doing besides like a polar I, plunge? We know that much. I am Where? doing the polar plunge. Where? Here in Minnesota. Where? I don't I mean, know. <laughs> like okay, it's let let me ask this: Minnesota, land of ten thousand lakes. Which yeah. one? It's, uh, I want to say it's Lake Nokomis, but I'm not 100 sure. Here's the thing: Do you remember when you were going to come up here? Yeah, I did and come I, up there. I told you, I told you that you were like two months ahead of time. You were like, "Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do this and this." And then I said, "No, no, no. That's not how this works. My, the way that my life works is planning comes into view when things get about ten, one week to ten days away, and then I start recognizing that there's something going to happen, and I start preparing for it. <laughs> do you remember that? Yep. Okay. If I didn't have to fix the server tonight, I was going to have graphics and things, URLs that people could click on. I will put this in the show notes that where there is a contribution page for me. Please do. I will contribute, mm -hmm. and I know many of our great viewers will also. Look, if everybody watching at this very second donates a dollar, that's thirty-six dollars. It is, $36. and I will. I, and I will match that $36 with 36 of my own because 36 is the greatest two-digit number of all time. Uh, <laughs> and what's the cause that you're doing it for, John? Minnesota Special Olympics. Perfect. That, that's, that's where that's the a money tremendous goes. Cause. The cause I'm doing it for is because, honestly, the guy that's in charge of it, uh, I died him on his floor and he saved my life, and he's been asking me to do this for a few years. Uh, you know, and COVID took it out for a couple of years, and, and I just decided, you know, this is a challenge. It, it's kind of like when you were talking about should you go bowling with the, your nephew, I think it was? Yep. Okay. I, and I, we all were like, you should go do that. Well, I thought at that point, you know, I don't really go. I don't socialize. Uh, this is a challenge for me because it is kind of scary. But at the same time... Uh, it's something I need to do. I need to get out, and I need to challenge myself. I, you get old, you get comfortable, and that's the shittiest thing about getting old. Uh, follow up to that, since you weren't around last week. I didn't go bowling with my nephew. He was needed on the oh. farm. 
uh, and then we thought about delaying it a day, and then I did something to my knee that Sunday morning and couldn't walk. Couldn't put any weight on my knee. Damnedest thing. I, I went to bed that Sunday night, woke up Monday, and it was back to its you know, honorary self. It almost happened again this past Sunday. Uh, so I'm going to see an orthopedic surgeon this coming Monday morning. So I'm excited about that. He's going to tell me all the fun things that are wrong with my knee. Uh, let's get back to the craziest uh, athlete we know. Linda's doing a little humble bragging. She says that her son's girlfriend is competing in a 777 later this month. And she goes on to thankfully tell us what a 777 is. Seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. That's not the crazy I thought she was talking about. Like I thought too, cuckoo. Um, but I appreciate the clarification. Um, that, that, that's it. That is that not madness? Possible. That doesn't sound even possible. I'm sure it's you know okay. Let's let's look at the seven continents. Right there's North America, South America, Antarctica, Africa, Europe, Asia, Australia. And I think if you map it out that way, you can probably, depending on how quick you run a marathon, and, and look, I'm sure this is private flights. Linda would know, not me. I'm just speculating. Um, private f- flights maybe to get you from you know, A to B on all your destinations. But if you map it out right, they don't say where in Africa this marathon is. It could be, you know, a stone's throw from Antarctica. I don't know. I'm just saying that, that sounds exhausting. That, it sounds nuts. It does. It sounds, it sounds like it's not even possible. As the guy who was just complaining about my knee, I say uh, with a polite, no, thank you. And we wish her well. Theo asks, what is your opinion of Nebraska's nil operation? And one of the things, one of the things that I was going to have ready for tonight, and this has been a, it's been a busy week, but um, one of the things that I wanted to find out was how many, like Nebraska has three or four different uh, nil operatives. You know, they have, come on, what is it, 1890. They have the Big Red Collective run by Chris Brown. They have a third one that I couldn't find the name of. You know, and then they have like Pipeline Jerky. But I wanted to go around and ask some of my other Big Ten counterparts, uh, you know, what they knew about their nil collectives and what they were doing. So, and I didn't get that done for tonight. We have gotten a lot of nil stuff that has been one constant along with the Husker hockey that we get at questions about. So I, I promise that for the future, I will do more research into this and get some answers. Oh, Greg's freezing out. can't hear anything you're saying so how far back I, I, at least a minute 
It's yeah. still pretty choppy. No. I asked the room. Oh, and Greg went away. Look at that. My God, it's be my myself. <laughs> Let's talk about Greg. I think he drinks too much. What do you guys think? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Somebody else had a question. Colin J. Uh, thoughts on the transfer from Georgia, MJ Southern, or MJ Sherman? Uh, well, he's a nice pickup. And I mean, if we're going to run a 3-5-5, certainly he's going to be one of the guys that's going to, you know, maybe maybe pro provide some uh, good athleticism in that in that scheme and then in that setup. So uh, Fred Sacco says, Greg is still more coherent than Bob Diaco. That whole thing was a disaster at Nebraska for him. Uh, James Marshall comes in and says, would you rather have a 7-5 team next year that loses all five games? <clears throat> Craig's, Greg's chatting at me. Would you rather have a 7-5 team next year that loses all five games by a combined 15 points or a 9-3 team that wins big and gets destroyed in their three losses? My God, that's a good question. <clears throat> Let's come back in here, Greg. Hi. That That is a, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I'm getting exhausted. My brains are starting to hurt. Let's take James' question here and think about it. And uh, probably make it the last thing that we do. All right, but we have to also. Uh, Linda gave us an update on the travel for the seven seven seven. You want to put that up? We'll back. Yeah, uh, she said uh, uh, her son's girlfriend starts in Cape Town, flies to Antarctica, then to Perth, then Dubai, Madrid, Brazil, Miami. Fifty-five hour uh, flight time in the seven seven seven. That's bonkers. I suppose you could recover on a plane fairly well. I mean, still, I, I hope that God she's in her 20s because. I mean, okay. like Linda's only 43. You know, I'm going to go with James to answer James' question. I'm going to go with having a 7-5 team that you, next year that loses all five by a combined 15 points because uh, I, I, I here's the thing. You, if that happens, well, I'll have shades of, of the former coach that was the one-score loss guy. And we'll all talk about it. Oh, we were never that close, you know. And, and it'll bring back a lot of PTSD memories, bad memories. But I think it will be indicative that they, you know, they were competitive in every game in his first year. I think that would be phenomenal. Where, you know, I guess a 9-3 and three team that loses all their games by big losses brings back shades of Bo Pelini and Frank Solich both. So, you know, and, no and matter think, where you're going with that, it's going to bring back PTSD issues. I was going to say that either scenario, uh, which Fred would take. Fred, Fred says, I'd take either of James' scenarios. Uh, at this point, not picky, just a winning record and, and uh, build. Uh, and I... I think that, yeah, either scenario draws comparisons to past head coaches. And you, name, name, you know, hit the nail on the head. If it's, you know, nine and three, but are blown out in in uh, in, in the three losses, that's Bo Pelini's M.O. And if it's seven and five, but they're one score losses, we know exactly who that sounds like. They're 
23 of them or something like that. There are too many losses, and they were all close, it seems. So either way, they're all... The only way Matt Rule doesn't draw a comparison to a coach of the last 20 years is if he goes undefeated, and then he'll draw comparisons to Tom Osborne. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's there. there's no... Because we're all insane, there's going to be comparisons drawn to somebody. If he goes six and six, well, you know who else is a five hundred coach? Mike Riley. I mean, there's no there's no hope for the guy to not have a comparison drawn to a past head coach. All he can do is go out there, put the best team on the field that he sees, get rack up wins, get back to a bowl game, start rebuilding this program. Okay, Linda comes back and says her daughter is 40 years old and her 13-year-old is also running. And Linda is 73. That's the, is she having a midlife crisis? I thought that was limited to men. <laughs> well, I mean, what would you rather... Well, maybe this isn't a fair question. Would you rather buy a Ferrari or run the 777, John? You know what? I If I could even come close to running one marathon, I'd be happy to do it because it would... Yeah, it would mean that I'm in decent shape to go do that. And, you know, you got to keep moving. You do. If you don't want to get old before your time, you got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. Well, you got to not get comfortable, which is one reason why I'm going to go jump in a frozen lake. I'm excited for I that. Texted, I can't wait. I, be, I texted this to my family, my brothers and sisters, and they came with, back with how much money they would have to pay to, for me not to do it. And they said, well, if we just meet your goal, will you not do this? And I, I, my response was, do you lo- realize how much of a losing proposition this is setting you up for? Because <laughs> after that, you're going to have to pay me to not jump out of a plane. Oh, that'd be so much fun. That's one thing I would love yeah. to do. Um, really? All right, we've got, yeah, I would love to. Maybe we should I, go I would, do it in Lincoln. Well, here's the thing. I looked into it. Uh, about a year ago, this is a true story. I looked into about a year ago. Uh, I turned 40 last summer. I was like, I'd like to do it before I'm 40. Um, and I was, they, they really want you to be around X, you know, pounds. And they're like, but for, for X plus 30 pounds, uh, you can, you can do it with this added harness type of thing. Well, I'm X plus 30 plus about at that time I was about another 35 so I my hope was to lose the 35 so I could at least go in a tandem that didn't happen I, about five years back I, I told my wife you know when I turn 36 I want to go skydiving she says well you can't do that we ha- you, you have a son we have a family that's that's not possible a couple years ago I brought it up again she said well just make sure your life insurance is paid up so, <laughs> Yeah, welcome to marriage. Welcome to yeah. marriage after your kids start growing up. There's it. There you go. James Marshall says, I'm a bit concerned for you, John. I appreciate that. I do. But, uh, we're all yeah, concerned for you, okay. John. It'll be okay. Um, let, let, we're we're going to hammer out some of these pin messages, and then we're going to call a night. We're, okay. We've been at this for uh, 75 minutes. Uh, Owen says, did the dark web take over the five-heart show for a brief moment? It's entirely possible. Um, it is entirely possible. That was... I don't know what happened. Um, not a not a fan of uh, of being kicked out of my own show. So I'm I'm happy to be back, and I, I appreciate all of you. Uh, we didn't get to this. Um, Colin J says uh, thoughts on the transfer from 
Georgia MJ Sherman, the outside linebacker. I oh I talked about that when you fell off. Okay, good. All right. Well, then I'll I'll delete that one. Um, excited. More depth. Good thing. Uh, um, John, can you still hear me? By the way. Oh, there. Yeah, I was looking. I saw where Matt Hansen says I still miss your dog, John, and I don't know where she is. She came in here for a brief moment. She was going to jump on the bed. Then apparently something happened, and she has the fear of missing out much worse than any human and ran off. So, She's a good dog. Uh, Colin J. asked earlier, John, J-O-N, by the way, but that's all right, Colin. Uh, it's okay. We, it's important. Uh, how excited are you for another year of watching Bryce Benhart starting at tackle? I know you're his biggest fan. I'm going to answer this first. And I'm also going to allow you to answer this, John. I'm excited to see what Matt Rule, Satterfield, and a re-energized Coach Rayola can do for Bryce Benhart, who was one of the top. Let's not forget, wasn't he the the highest rated uh, football player coming out of Minnesota when he was a senior? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's not he's not an idiot. I just feel like he's yeah. been in idiot hands, well, and so I, I'm excited. That's a good description. <laughs> I, let, let's is. see what he I can do with, with 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 some competent coaches around him. You know. I think my right. answer is yeah. I, I am excited for the chance. You know, I mean, think about it. If Bryce Benhart can become a a decent tackle next year, that'll be one hell of a turnaround. Because, you know, I have bitched at that guy, bitched about him so much. And I know other people have too. And I think maybe, you know, maybe, maybe just in the big scheme of things, God has a plan for all of us. And God's plan was to have Walter Rouse go to Oklahoma so Bryce Benhart could have his chance to redeem himself and become a damn good tackle for the University of Nebraska. I mean, maybe that's in the future. I would love to see it. I'm sure Mr. Benhart would love to see that too. So, it would be the 2023 Bryce Benhart Redemption, Redemption Tour. Yeah, I think that would be that's kind of what we're looking for, for uh, out of all of this. You know, uh, Lin- this new coaching regime, the new coaches that are coming in to see what they can do with some of these guys that have decided to stay. Because, because in the big of the scheme of things, I mean, did some players leave? Yeah, they left. We got back some of them back from the transfer portal, but by and large, mostly the core of this team stayed intact. You know, given all that they've been through, I, you know what? If I was a 19, 20 year old kid, and I could go play football somewhere else, and I'd just been through the shit show that was Nebraska football the last few years, why in the fuck would I ever stay there? I, you, that coach would have to really come to me and say, "Here's what we're gonna do." Or even not me individually, but as a team maybe or something, they would have to show you something that says, you know, this is the reason why you'd want to stay. So I, you know, that all of that stuff is kind of exciting when you put it in those terms. Linda's telling me to lay off the bitch slaps. By the way, it's empty now. This was a full <laughs> sixteen ounces. It's delicious. It's 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 really good. Are you being? Um, is this a paid sponsorship? No, I I wish. What the hell? I, I I I don't know if I said this on this or one of my other podcasts. My New Year's resolution was to drink more beer, and when you say when I say it like that, it's you know it sounds like quantity, like you know. But I don't drink. 
you know, it, it will take me two weeks to go through six, seven, eight beers because I, I'm not like, I'm not getting a, a case of Bush light, Bush latte and, and pounding them. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm selective. I'm a, I'm a connoisseur. Thank you. Um, and, and you know, I, I like to try new beers and this is a new beer, bitch lot beer, American red ale with natural vanilla. And it's very good. Uh, so that's, that's when I, when I say drink more beers, I'm expanding my horizons. Let's move on. Um, all right. So we had two, uh, comments about the spring game and we'll start here with Joel says, will rule have touch football for the spring game? Like we don't mention his name, uh, like Voldemort. I'm going to say no, no, I'm just going to, I, I don't have a whole lot of, uh, reasoning behind it i'm just gonna say no and then fred answers the question in the comments which is great i love this comment rule spring game will slay giants and consume englishmen with fire from its arse <laughs> okay well that's a spring game i want to i want to see that'd be fun uh, that would be, that would be right no, up there no, with nobody, uh you know what? You can't play football by doing no tackle, so you will see tackling at the spring game. I mean, they don't have to announce that. It's sad that they probably will actually announce that, but if you can't tackle, uh, you're going to suck. That's it. If we saw a spring game that would slay giants and consume Englishmen with fire from its arse, that would be the greatest spring game since the touchdown run by Jack Hoffman. Yeah, and then you know what would happen after that? What's All that? the mother schools out there would start having giants and consume <laughs> Englishmen <laughs> to fire from their asses. And the Englishmen would probably get really pissed off about this in, in very short thrift. They'll be like, send in the Scots. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, Joel says, will Matt Davidson be successful as the Huskers NIL coordinator? Um, Let's say it is just for the one, right? It, it's the it's the eighteen ninety yeah. collective, right? It's I, not I'm, I'm it's not the say, whole. Save that and bring it back. Okay, Joel, bring it back. Yeah, that's a whole topic. That's a that's a whole topic, Joel. Yeah. Uh, here's an odd one. I just saw Columbia, Missouri. Uh, Georgia almost learned the danger of Columbia, Missouri last year. Nebraska's lived through that lesson in the past. That's for sure. Um, and then a little update or or. Added info from Brian, both Ben Hart and Cochran Corcoran were four-star recruits. So, um, right. All right, Joel, your your duty for next week, duty. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, your job for next week is to. <laughs> I can't help myself sometimes. <laughs> I do it just to see your reaction on your face, John. That's this, this highlight of my life is making you chuckle. Uh, Joel, bring that comment back about to the uh, uh, Matt Davison and the the NIL. Uh, next week, but uh, buddy, we've been at this for 83 minutes, and yes, I know yes. you're tired. Oh, wow, yeah. I have to go fold laundry. You want to trade? No. You want to fold my laundry and I'll go to bed? No. Nope. That's no fun. All right, well, we thank all of you uh, from from the very beginning. We, we, we logged on, and we had 14 viewers already, and we grew from there. And we thank each and every one of you bringing the great questions, the fantastic comments, uh, uh, the criticism about my drinking, Linda. I, I don't have a problem. I just, you know, I, I just like beer. 
that's okay. Uh, but but we th- this show and, and you know what I gotta say this. Uh, you'll never guess uh, real quick who reached out to me this week, John, and and asked about the show. Tom Osborne. <laughs> no, he doesn't have my phone number. Uh, Haas Haas Reuter reached oh, out. And, 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 you know, checked in on him. He got a new job. I think we talked about that in the uh, fourth quarter of last year. Uh, so he's actually working uh, in, in a big boy job. I'm, I'm super happy for him. He's still getting settled. Uh, but he said that uh, probably after the spring game, he'd, he'd be around and he'd, he'd – when there's actually something to talk about with less speculation and more uh, evidence, he'd, he'd be more than happy to come around and, and visit uh, visit after that. So. No, I'm not going to do that. He's been through a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but for uh, look for to all of you out there watching or listening to the podcast on Friday, for uh, my my good friend and and my founder, uh, not my founder. He's not. That's weird. For the founder and fearless leader of Coordination.com, for John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahachko. This is the Five Heart Podcast, where we remind you each and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John, go big red. <laughs>